Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Thank you. I know. 
Good evening, everyone. This is your call to worship for the third Saturday in 2020. Today is January the 18th, 2020. I welcome you to the Saturday evening worship service of Refuge from the Storm Church. On behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent, Black. Today is a privilege and a pleasure to have you join with us in worship and in fellowship. To our new listeners, we give a great big welcome, and we welcome you as guests today, but we do, as we always say, pray that when you leave, please know that we now consider you as a friend of refuge from the Storm Church. And it's our desire for you to be in regular fellowship with us. We invite you to connect with us as often as you can. Now, Refuge from the Storm Church, I'd like to remind you, it's a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. And it's our desire to be a place of fellowship where you can where you can come and seek God's face and enter into his presence 
We seek to be a ministry for TIs in North America and all around the world. So just remember that God has anointed us and he has set his seal of ownership on us. He's put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. So please remember you are indeed welcome. You're not alone in your life journey and visit with us as often as you can. Today, our uh, ministry team that's serving consists of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Millicent Black, and today we have again with us Minister Pam and Pastor Terrence Wilson, who will be delivering the preach word, and please pray for them as they come so that they will be used in a mighty way through the Holy Spirit. Elder Carolyn Cunningham serves as our worship leader, and she'll lead us in our invocation and our opening hymn today, and she will offer the invitation to giving. Excuse me. Our invitation to discipleship will be extended by Sister Helena Thompson. Our talk show managers for the day are Sister Helena Thompson, who prepares and researches and delights over all of the beautiful music that is played, including the prelude that begins 15 minutes to worship. Sister Cheryl Miller-Harvey serves as our assistant manager and uh, responsible for all operational issues regarding TalkShoe. And Sister uh, Cheryl is also responsible for the church's website and its development. So please, if you have an opportunity, go and view the website. Today our altar prayer will be led by uh, Pastor Millicent Black. A reminder of the coming uh, events of the week. Now, um, I apologize in the newsletter. I was remiss in not acknowledging the upcoming uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Day, which will be observed on tomorrow. Uh, and he was indeed the most prolific civil rights leader, uh, possibly of all times. And his birthday was January the 15th. 1929, and he was assassinated April the 4th, 1968. So we um, we memorize him today, memorialize him today. Uh, he did say that a church that has lost its voice for justice is a church that has lost its relevance in the world. And he was lovingly uh, referred to as a drum major for justice. We know that above all, God is the divine drum major for justice. So please, as you remember him tomorrow, just pray in his remember, uh, remembrance for all that he's done for, for actually all of us. We would like to thank you on behalf of Pastor uh, Refuge from the Storm members and friends for participating and the Candlelight Service for Justice for Victims of Torture, Violence, and Abuse on this uh, past Wednesday night, where we did remember those who have PIs who have lost their lives this past year. So we thank you very much for participating. Uh, and today, we will also uh, hold in memory our dear sister, Kim Straub, who was a member 
an active member of Refuge from the Storm Church, and that will be throughout this particular worship service. And we will have with us uh, Sister Ella Free and Minister Bob Hyseni, who will participate in that memorial uh, tribute. Please join us this coming Wednesday night for our small group Bible study beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Our subject title will be Solomon's Dedication Prayer. Our focal scripture will be the first Kings, the eighth chapter, verses 22 through 30, and verses 52 through 53. So if you read first Kings, the eighth chapter, that will be all-inclusive, and you'll be ready for study. Pastor would like to remind you to please join us for our early morning intercessory prayer call. That's Wednesday, Thursday, and Fridays, beginning at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 5.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, and 3.30 a.m. Pacific Time. That's our early morning intercessory prayer time. There is much power in standing in agreement in prayer. Minister Juanita Purdy, our leader of our prayer ministry, I would like to let you know that uh, and thank you all who have prepared to be a part of the time of wailing prayer that was to have begun Friday through this past Friday through Saturday. She would like you to know that it will be rescheduled and that information will be passed on as soon as that has been determined. And then on Wednesday, the fifth Wednesday night, we will have our fifth Wednesday night prayer call. That's January the 29th, and that's listed in the newsletter. So please mark your calendar, and we will uh, spend that night in prayer in lieu of our regular small group Bible study. That's January the 29th. Remember that our focus throughout uh, January is renewal, health, and strength. And also in the newsletter, we have uh, corresponding scriptures So for January, our prayer focus is renewal, health, and strength as we continue to pray for one another. Our daily prayer guide is also in the newsletter for each week, seven days' worth of focuses to pray for. And if you pray on those things, you'll be right in line with the early morning prayer team. As always, Pastor would like to remind you to always look out for a time to pray and for someone or something to pray for as you go about your your day watching the news or hearing of matters that uh, burden your heart. So please continue to pray. If you have a prayer request during the week, please reach out to us on the church's uh, website, refugefromthestormchurch.org. Excuse me. Or you may reach us on uh, the church's email address, refugefromstorm at aol.com. Please, especially our new members, if we were in a physical church, we would have a visitor card to give you, um, and we would hear your comments. But please, if you have comments, uh, please go to our website, refugefromthestormchurch.org, and just reach out to our pastor to give encouragement. Now uh, we have concluded the announcements, and I thank you for your attention. Once worship has begun, 
Sister Cheryl will mute all of our lines except for the uh, ministry team to protect the integrity of the worship service. So we thank you again for your attention to the announcements, and now we invite the Holy Spirit to move in us where we are, O oh God, over this, over this line and over this service and so that he would pour himself out over us, O oh God, and he would flood this atmosphere with his presence so that everything we do uh, from this point forward and before, our worship, our praise, our prayer, and the preach word would bring him glory. After Sister Carolyn has uh, led us with an opening song, she would lead us through the rest of the service. So please be blessed and encouraged today throughout the worship. Amen. Thank you, Sister Gloria. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. Kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya. Oh, Lord. Kumbaya. Come by here, my Lord. Come by here. Come by here, my Lord. Come by here. Come by here, my Lord. Come by here. Oh, Lord. Come by here. Someone's crying, Lord. Come by here, someone's crying, Lord. Come by here, someone's crying, Lord. Come by here, oh, Lord. Come by here, someone's praying, Lord. Come by here. Someone's praying, Lord, come by here. Someone's praying, Lord, come by here. Oh, Lord, come by here. Kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya, kumbaya, my Lord. Kumbaya, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya, oh Lord, kumbaya. Amen, amen. Amen. The scripture selected today is taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 6 verses 10 through 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness 
in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let us pray the prayer from the Book of Common Prayer. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit, that this evening may be holy, good, and peaceful. We entreat you, O Lord that your holy angels may lead us in paths of peace and goodwill. We entreat you, O Lord, that we may be pardoned and forgiven for our sins and offenses. We entreat you, O Lord, that there may be peace to your church and to the whole world. We entreat you, O Lord, that we may depart this life in your faith and fear and not be condemned before the great judgment seat of Christ. We entreat you, O Lord, that we may be bound together by your Holy Spirit in the communion of all your saints, entrusting one another and all our life to Christ. We entreat you, O Lord. Amen. Now let us hear a praise and worship song, which will be followed by the altar prayer. Today it will be offered by our pastor, Reverend Millicent Blind.
When you feel no one can help you, and your life is out of hand. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Kind and loving Father, we gather here today to sing the miracle of your steadfast love towards others and towards us. Oh God, you love us in spite of ourselves. You made a covenant with the faithful and you have never turned away from your promise. We pray, God, that you would cause your face to shine upon us this day. Cause your face to shine upon your church. Cause your face to shine upon your children. Cause your face, oh God, to shine upon our neighbors. Cause your face to shine upon our nation. Cause your face, dear God, to shine upon our enemy. On this Sabbath day, this Saturday, God, we declare our awe of you and of your love for us. Open the eyes of our hearts to behold even more of your beauty. Expand the chambers of our hearts to make room for all of your grace and your glory. Free us, O oh God, to be generous and joyful. Free us to love others as you love us, to forgive as we have been forgiven, and to pursue others as you so faithfully speak God, We ask that the same mind that be in Christ would enlighten our minds through his grace. Holy Father, we ask that you as the grace of all giving to be able to appreciate the sacrifice that Jesus came to be for us through his incarnation. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh upon us. Don't let us leave the way we came in the trustworthy and worshipful name of Jesus. And Father, I just pray today for those that are grieving God. I pray for families who have lost loved ones, both biological and spiritual, Lord. I pray, Father, that as all around this nation and throughout the world, people are grieving that you, the God of all comforts, would comfort your people. Dear God, I pray that you would help us to know that in whatever we face, you are our peace, our refuge, and our strength in times of trouble. Thank you, God, that you remind us throughout your word that we do not face the storms of life alone, but you are always with us, whispering calm and peace. Be still. Bring rest our souls today, O oh God. 
as we seek to bring comfort and peace to others in your world, Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Joseph, for your strong prayer of praise, thanksgiving, and petition. Now, to all listeners and all worshipers, this is your invitation to giving. Our church, Refuge from the Storm, provides refuge from targeting by attending to the spiritual needs of those of us who are targeted. But we are also similar to other organizations in the targeted community in that we have financial needs in order to accomplish our goals. So please help us to continue ministering to the targeted community. For those worshipers who are able, we'd like you to consider making a financial contribution. You can do it in any way you like and in any amount. We welcome one-time donations as well as weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annual contributions. To make your contribution, you have several options. First, you can go to our website, refugefromthestormchurch.org, or you can contact Pastor Millicent by email to get details. Her email is mgrace321 at gmail.com or contact Sister Gloria, our administrative assistant, by email at refugefromstorm at aol.com. Thank you. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song as we prepare our hearts to receive the preach word, which will be delivered today by Minister Pam and Pastor Terrence Wilson.
for us to be here tonight. Amen. Blessings and peace to everybody on the line. God bless you. We are honored and privileged, and we are over-blessed, truly blessed, eternally blessed, and grateful to be a part of the Fellowship with Saints of God in 2020, third week of January. We'd like to say unto you, Shalom, as they say in Israel, shalom. And uh, we are truly blessed and honored to be here. So as we get started today, my wife is going to lead it off by saying this is not our home. Amen. So we just always have a, um, in the forefront of our mind as believers, that we are in this world for a time, but that it's not our home. It's though we go to... They go somewhere beautiful for vacation or go to someone's house to stay. But at the end, we know that we have our own home to go to. And that's the same way we are as believers in Jesus Christ. He picked us out of eternity, I guess, and then brought us here for a season. So the time before we were here is eternal and the time after is eternal also. But while we're living on this earth, we want to... Glorify him and be able to reflect his glory and his goodness and all, everything that we say, do, think, or feel. And it's, that's not always easy, but we know that it's our hope and we continue to look up. So as you guys, most of you know, we have a ministry that we minister to senior citizens, older people. And many of those people, as time goes on, they'll pass away because most of them are very elderly some of them are in their, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. There's even a few people that are in their hundreds, uh, over 100 years old, a couple of them. The one just passed away just recently. And so we always just try to remind ourselves, although we're young and we're not uh, as old as many people we minister to, that we, no one knows when their time on this earth is over and that we should really live our lives to the fullest and try to glorify God. So as people pass away, and they do, um, just in our home, we always remind the others that are there and even their family members that um, there's nothing wrong with grieving because, of course, it's, it's hurtful and sorrowful for us to lose someone that we love. Also, as believers, we need to remember what, John, uh, what Jesus said in the book when he wept. He even wept. Um, when his friend died, but then he said that um, in the Bible it also says that when we lose a loved one who is a believer, that we don't we don't have to um, grieve as those who have no hope. And recently, Dr. Black informed me that we lost a member of our church family in refuge from the Storm Church. Kim Straw passed away recently. Now, I did not know her, but I know many of you did, and I, I remember maybe hearing her on the line from time to time. She was part of this ministry. And one thing um, 
don't all know every detail about how she, how she left, but one thing we do want to celebrate is how she lived and how she served and how she served God very close to the, all the way to the end of her life, like other people that we know that have served all the way to the end. So, um, I've, I've read some of her, some testimonies or obituaries about her, that she was a mother, she had two daughters, she was a nurse, she was a human rights advocate, and she was a member of the targeted community. And in that, um, we, there's just a lot of, of adversity that we all go through as targeted individuals that other people don't know, and some of those things can be deadly even. But even when that happens, we know that we are on God's mission, just like many others throughout history who were on God's mission and fell into either harm's way or, or felt, you know, came to their death because of it or during, that, during the, doing God's will. So doing God's will does not mean that you will not leave this earth before your family or friends think that you should or that you might not even uh, suffer in some ways, even up to death. Because we can, I can name all the people in the Bible, and you all know them well, who went through many types of tribulation, including death. But we wanted to celebrate our, the life of our sister in Christ, our church partner and friend, Ms. Straub. And so I want to just restate the scripture that says that while we grieve, we don't have – I'm sorry, let me read it over again. I'll take a break on that. I want to, uh, Terrence wanted to say something. And I like how he also says that when people die, that he calls them graduating to heaven. He uses the term graduation, and I'll let him explain what he means. Okay, so what do I mean by that? I mean uh, by graduation. Well, let me tell you this. It says, I'm not going to read it, but it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 6 to 8, it talks about absolute body and present with the Lord. And it also says, we do not in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, but I have you not to be ignorant because of those things, uh, I will, but I want you not to be ignorant, brethren and sistren, concerning those who are fallen asleep, unless you have sorrows as one who have no hope. But we, if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, even God will bring him with those who asleep in Christ Jesus. So I don't think I have to say nothing else. One thing I would, I would say this to you as a testimony. Many years ago, my cousin and us, we used to play, I used to go to my grandmother's house, and we used to play uh, video games, we used to play basketball, football, or baseball. And my grandma, I remember one time I asked my grandmother, so grandma, one day you, uh, I asked her, I said, well, grandma, you know, what do you think about things? She would tell us about the things in the world in her time because the year that she was born it was 1912, the same year the Titanic sunk. And so she told us one time we were kids, she said, you know what, when I leave, don't spend too much time grieving for me. And she said, don't cry too much for me. No. And we didn't know what that meant. She came back later and told us, she said, don't grieve because I have been in the church since I was 17 years old. She'd been saved for over 83 years, 82 years. Uh, no, 72 years, sorry. And I said, well, Grandma, what do you mean by that? Everybody cries at funerals. If you, if you leave us, we're going to cry. We're going to be sad. She said, don't grieve. She said, I've been hearing about Jesus all of my life. I've been hearing about a place called heaven all of my life. 
Don't grieve for me. Grieve for yourselves because my problems and my sorrows are going to be over one day. And that's why that song, I'm going to shout my troubles over one of these days. And this, I just want to continue on in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 4 where it says, For we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we are alive and remain until the coming of our Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, when he was, uh, Paul was writing this, he was saying to comfort one another because the people that died first, I think back in that time, if I if I remember remember this being taught this properly, that they were all even though they knew they were Christians, they wanted to know what happens to their loved ones who were Christians who had died, and so. The, the leaders of the church, of course, at that time, Paul was one of the leaders, was telling them that we're going to go with the Lord, but that when the Lord comes back, those who died in Christ, like Sister um, Straub and others who have passed away before, before them, that they will be taken to the Lord and they'll be with the Lord in the air before the people that are currently on earth and lives. So... I want y'all to really understand that, that anybody that is a Christian that dies, that they're with the Lord. Now, the part about um, in Thessalonians where it says they're going to precede us, well, they've already preceded us from, in natural death. And, I, and when the Lord comes back and it doesn't, the Bible doesn't clearly state how that happens as far as the, uh, the bringing to the saints in the air when the Lord appears in the sky. But we know that we're all going to be together because we're all believers. And we know that um, we have a heavenly hope. Now, Jesus said in the, in the book of John that I desire, John 17 and 24, Father, I desire also that, you, that whom you have given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you gave me, uh, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. So what he was really saying is that, of course, at the proper time, he wants us to be in his presence. Um, in the in the mansions that he give, made for us, and he wants us to be with him, but of course he wants it at the proper time. So the thing that is wonderful about when a believer goes home is that is actually answering Jesus' prayer when he says, "I want to be with them." One thing I would say is that any time that you go outside the United States through customs, uh, they have to, once you arrive in a new country, another country, a foreign land. You have to present them with a passport or a visa and a passport. One of the things they ask you is they stamp when you enter into the country, and they ask you, are you there on business or are you there on pleasure, vacation? How long are you going to be there? But if you notice on your passport, if you, if you possess a passport, do you notice that it has a return date on it too, that you return back to where you come from? Unless you're applying for a permanent, a temporary citizenship, possibly be a permanent citizenship. But the reason why I said this is because in Second Corinthians chapter five, eight through eight, five through eight, Paul tells us that God, when we are here, we are really absent from God's presence, even though we're not out of His presence, because He's omnipresent and omnipotent. He sees everything, knows everything. But the fact that he wants us to be home with him one day, 
He's, he's, that is his desire for all of us to be in the kingdom of God. And I'm not talking about a dream. I'm talking about a physical place called heaven. And we know that Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and Pam is going to talk about that. But we know that there is a place called heaven because I, there are people who refuse to believe. There's a God. They refuse to believe there's a heaven, and they're based in all circumstances that are occurring in the world at this moment, earthquakes, planes, shootings, and stuff like that. But Jesus told us that it would be as in the time of Noah, when the Son of Man returned, that when all these things happen, one right after another, and then when they multiply, know that the Son of Man is near to return. That means we are at Jesus' basically almost getting ready to stand up and says, let's go to the saints. Let's go. Let's get them. Because the time right now, there's so much violence right now. There are so many things happening. My wife and I, a couple years ago, we used to go to Puerto Rico sometime for Christmas, and I found out this week they had over 500 earthquakes there. That is really unusual. That is very unusual. But I'm just telling you this, church. Please do not get comfortable here because yes, this yes. is not your home. Yes. This is only a place. When we check into a hotel, even when we go on vacation, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the room service. I enjoy the beach, walk on the beach, praising God, speaking in tongues on the beach, getting up, praising, worship on the beach, on vacation, being found. My wife. But then comes a time we got to pack up and say, oops, time to go home. We go home tomorrow. We go home this day. We go home that way. But there's no place like that. That's where they got that note when people wrote that out. There is no place like home. There's no place like home. And yeah. we have a home, and we're going to enter into our home. And the, yeah. the, I think the biggest challenge just as a human being, because we live in this physical world, is not to get caught up in the world. I mean, because who hasn't, like, you know, wanted all the nice material things or wanted to live in complete health and comfort, or just one of the things that go with this earth. I mean, human beings, relationships, those are all things that God gave us to enjoy. And it's not like we're not allowed to or it's bad to enjoy them, but I think we have to keep it in the back of our mind. I like that song, and I, I think I sent it to Dr. Black. This, um, I forgot who was the body even. I think it's by Stephen Curtis Chapman. It says, we are not home yet. We are not home yet. Keep on looking ahead. Let your heart not forget we are not home yet. I just love that song because he says to all the travelers, those who, those who are yearning for a home, and he's saying that you can like this world, but don't get so complacent. In it. I mean, don't get so complacent or comfortable in it. I've even, I even had a pastor, and I was just so disappointed one time when this person that was <clears throat> at that time a leading voice in, in the Christian community, very, very prominent pastor, I was interviewing for him for a magazine that I wrote for. Um, I used to be a journalist, and I asked him, I noticed that even though he was prominent and had a huge, huge uh, congregation, that he never talked about the rapture of the church. He never talked about heaven that much. He never talked about where we're going and what our life sh should be focused on. And his reply to me was that, oh, well, we're just enjoying this life so much. I don't want to talk about all those things. I'm like, but really, and I, was, I didn't say anything to him because out of respect, of course, for his office as, as, as a prominent minister, pastor, but I was just shocked and I told my husband that. And I think that what the world is doing now, it, in not all, but in a lot, of, a lot of Christian ministries now, so focused on materialism mm -hmm. that they forget to 
remind people to, to not get caught up in it, even though we're, it's okay to, for us to enjoy things. I mean, God gave us taste buds. We're supposed to enjoy food. We're kind of foodies in this house. We like different things. But you're not supposed to be caught up in it because the Bible says, I have not seen nor ear has heard nor it has entered into the hearts of man those things he prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us through his spirit. So our spirit, I mean, so he's made, he has borne witness in our spirit. Anybody that really loves the Lord and knows him, some kind of way he's going to bear witness to you that there's something bigger and better to come, something glorious. We're going to glory. And as we lose loved ones that we, we people that we love, and we've, my husband and I have both lost loved ones, but as we lose people that are saved, we just have to just picture them running into the arms of Jesus like that. I think I played that for you that day where that celebrity uh, talk show host said she pictured her mother running into the arms of Jesus. And she says that people would always ask her, why are you saying, why are you happy that your mother left? And she said, because my mother was in a lot of pain and that I picture, and her feet were crippled and that I picture her on perfect feet running into the arms of Jesus. And this is how we have to look at people in the targeted community. We don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes God will spare us from, from people that are trying to destroy us, and sometimes he'll, it'll, be, it'll be the end of our journey and that he'll allow us to, be, to go home, whatever way that happens. And, uh, and when that happens, it's, sometimes we might want to question God or say, you know, why did you let this happen to that person? But please remind yourself, everyone, that God is sovereign and that his way is always right and it's always perfect. And, it, and we'll, we will never know in, until we get on the other side, and maybe not even then. But I think at least then we'll be able to see some things in the spirit that we can't see as human beings. I'll give you an example. Somebody was saying something about, um, I forgot who this said this, but he was saying when a baby is in their mother's womb and it's time for their birth, I think the reason why they, when they first come out, they cry, not, not just because they're being smacked on the behind, but because when they are in that little warm little place and it's all cozy and you're bouncing around and you can hear your mother's heartbeat and all of that stuff, that's probably pretty cozy. That's probably pretty warm. It's pretty cozy. I mean, the body temperature is pretty warm. And then they have to come out. So it's cold out there. It's all this bright light that you're not, you just, you're like, wait, I, this is all dark and cozy, and now I'm in here, and somebody's hitting me, and now I'm cold and everything. To them, that little womb is the only world they never knew. So when they think of coming out of there, they don't want to come out of there. They want to, they're like, I don't know what's out there. I don't, I like in here. This sounds cozy to me. And this is the same way we are on this earth. How many people really, to be honest, I mean, even though we're believers, we're kind of like, wow, what if we die? We don't know what it's like. What if, you know, we don't, we're afraid of the unknown, just like that baby would be when they're coming out of that womb. But here's what advantage we have as believers that other people that are not believers, they, they don't have this. We know. We have a guarantee. Now, sometimes we might be afraid still to die. Sometimes people, I, personally, I'm not, because I have, I, God has given me too many dreams. He showed me my feet walking into the glories of heaven. He showed it to me. So sometimes I always get a little frustrated, like, man, I'm tired of this world. I'm ready to go with the Lord. But I know I have an assignment here, and I have family and people I love. But going home to the Lord for us is scary because, I'm not going to say it's scary, but it's, it's the unknown. But just keep asking the Lord, Lord, show me what the real reality of heaven and earth of eternity really is. And ask him to open you up and, ask, and just pray one day and just ask him to show you what's ahead for, for us all as believers. 
Now, out of the 12 disciples, only all 11 disciples were killed that were with Jesus. 11 of them were murdered in different ways uh, in the old um, uh, Hebrew Bible. Uh, a lot of them were killed. Uh, one survived, and that was the first line of defense we will call Christians from Antioch after that. But the 12 disciples that were actually the original 12 disciples were all killed, by, uh, except for one, and I believe that was John the Revelator, escaped to the island of Patmos, which is in Greece right now, first toward, closer to Turkey and Greece mm -hmm. in the middle. Exiled. And he was exiled yeah, there, basically, and he wrote the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is that was the first line of the New Testament saints uh, where they they – they absorbed a lot of the persecution at that time because remember now, being Christians means you had a target on your back because this was something new the world had never experienced before. Um, and so now Jesus himself experienced that. And even at the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, you know, nevertheless, Father, he knew what was coming. He mm -hmm. knew what was ahead. Mm -hmm. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but let thine will be done. He knew that he had to override his fears and his you know, whatever that was troubling him in the Garden of Gethsemane. When the Bible says he sweat as if he had blood of tears, you know. And but we know that Jesus, you know, came to his came to himself, said, you know, this is not about me, but nevertheless, not my will, but let thine will be done. And I think Terrence said an important thing that Jesus, he was God, but he was a human being still right. too. So he was afraid. I mean. I don't think he was sitting going, whoopee, I'm going to be crucified tomorrow. I mean, he was a human being. He expressed sorrow. He expressed fear. He expressed, like, I don't want to do this. He was, you know, he was like, my flesh is saying this is going to be painful. He already knew every agony he was going to face the next day. And he, he was afraid. And so I, I think being afraid is not, um, not a bad thing, but he said a key word. And what's that thing, that he, the key thing that he said at the end of his uh, sorrow? Well, nevertheless. Well, nevertheless. Because he said no matter what goes on, nevertheless. And I want to get back to like where when somebody does go home, Jesus already promised that he prepared a place for us. So when we lose a loved one, we might feel a sense of loss that Jesus has gained because he has already prayed that he wants us to be with him. And I read that where he said, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am that may that they may behold the glory which you have given me, for you love me before the foundation of the world. Okay, this already shows you right there where he said he loves me before the foundation of the world, that Jesus was already there, that the, that the Holy Trinity existed in eternity before this earth, and it always existed. Jesus only existed in earth at a certain finite time. But in the spirit, he's, he's been there forever. He says he wants to be with us at the proper time. He is, he is happy and satisfied from heaven, of course, because it's always glory and, and joy up there. But according to his own prayer, he still has a certain unfilled desire that his people, his church, his bride, this is what I call it, the bride of Christ, be with him. So we do uh, lose a person when we lost Sister Shrub. We were, we were sorrowful, and of course her family, immediate family must have been. But we know that Jesus has gained, and then there's the scripture in Psalms 116 and 15 that says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. Mm -hmm. Now, why is, it, why is it precious? Because he knows that we're going to glory. He's prepared a place for us. John 14 and 2 says, in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. 
I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place from you, for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am you may be also, and, and where you go I know, and the way you know. And then right after that, I think one of the disciples, I didn't write this part down, but he says, well, Lord, how can we know where you're going, the way if we don't know where you're going? And he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father but by me. So we know that he's already prepared a place. He's, he has mansions, I mean, real places, I mean, real mansions. Everything that we desire, think of the best, wonderful thing that you love on this earth. A wonderful home, wonderful food, I guess, um, music, things that you would love. That all those things existed already. They have, they've already, they have already been created. They didn't just get created when this earth came. Music never, it just didn't start. Or even the most beautiful song you ever heard of in your life. That that song already existed in heaven. God, because God created every song, uh, maybe with the exception of some demonic, crazy music. But every beautiful thing that you can see on this earth is not only duplicated in heaven, but it is supersized, if, that's, if, a, if that's a proper way to say it. It is supersized. So if you like beautiful sunsets here or beautiful trees or beautiful waterfalls or anything that you desire here or see here, that it is more so in heaven. Because think about it. Heaven preceded us. He would, God wouldn't give us, he wouldn't have something better on this human fallen earth that he, than he has there. Everything there is better. The food there is better. The vision there is better. Scenery, waterfalls, trees, mountains, birds, everything that you think are beautiful here, it is even more so in heaven. And I was laughing one time because I was like, there's certain kinds of food I like. like I, I like eating ribs. I said, they got ribs in heaven? And Terrence, everything you like here is going to be 20 times more. It won't, it, it won't, it won't even be count, called that. It'll be called something else. So we know we have a glorious place. And the thing is for us is that we just got to hold on. We have to continue to under duress, uh, persecution, even death, continue to glorify God. I remember that little girl that got shot in the, um, one of those mass school shootings. And they asked her, if you want to stay alive, just say, I don't like Jesus. Because he, she was somebody who continued to minister Jesus at that school. She wouldn't do it. She would not do it. She couldn't. He said, I won't kill, I'll kill these other people, but I'll let you stay alive if you just say and it's like, it's just like the devil told Jesus, all this I'll give you if you just bow down and worship me. We have to hope, and we, nobody knows what they'll really do under that kind of situation with a gun to your hand. We have to hope that we will praise God even to our death, even at the last moment of our lives, even when we're suffering. But I hope that we can say, when we, even when we're persecuted, my chains are in Christ, like Paul said. Paul was under persecution. He was beheaded even. Even Stephen... Um, Peter, every last one of them, went to their death proclaiming Jesus. So everybody that says, like, Jesus is, isn't really true or doesn't believe that he's true, that, like we do, why would all of those men go to their death for a fable? Uh, when we went to Rome, I, they, we, we went on a tour of one of the arenas there, and that arena, the guy that was in Rome showed us the arenas, one of the arenas that Nero had, and what they would do, they, he, uh, Nero, would, he would have Christians arrested and make up false charges against them. And he would have them arrested, and he would have them hoist away, and they would bring them out to be, to be eaten up by lions. But what drove Nero crazy, what he couldn't understand what was going on, was that when the Christians were afraid, when they went into the uh, cells and jails, but when, the, well, when Paul, when Peter started ministering to them and other followers of Peter 
of Jesus was ministering them, when they came out to be attacked by the lions, they were singing praises to God. He couldn't understand what was going on. Because God, I believe that God opened up a glimpse of heaven and showed them mm -hmm. what they were going into. So it drove Nero. He, he literally went crazy because he couldn't figure out why they're not afraid. Why they come out here singing like this? And I got all these lions ready to kill these people. And we saw the spots where all the people were killed. They were burnt by the stakes. Mm -hmm. They were boiled in oil. And the lions tore them to people. But I believe that God snatched them out of their body before they could even feel any pain. That's kind of God that we serve. I wouldn't be surprised. But I tell you this. We, Jesus said, I know that your hearts are sorrowful. Or maybe you might have felt like you experienced a loss. He said, I'm going to tell you this. Even in my father's house, the son of man, Jesus, was lost. When, he, when his father saw him murdered on the cross, God, the Bible says that God blackened the sky because he didn't want to see it. He, he, did, he blackened it so he wouldn't see it because the sky over him, over Jesus, was black, they said. It got dark as he was being crucified. And God was showing them the darkness that was in their hearts, what they were doing. So then after that, the centurion said that this truly was the Son of God. But he's coming back, church. He's coming back. Rather, we live 50, 60, 70, or 80 years. The most important is not how long we live. Is how long we're willing to serve him until he returns. That's the most important thing. Amen. And even when it's suffering, because I, you know, it's a there's varying degrees of suffering. Maybe some people suffered some. Maybe some people didn't. Maybe God spared some. But God does not spare everybody that's in His will from suffering. Part of His um, He part of the Christian journey many times is is suffering, and you see that with many um, people that served in, in the Old Testament, New Testament, people went through pain. I mean, physical pain, um, separation from their loved ones, being lonely, being in prison, being stoned, being beheaded, being whipped with a cat of nine tails, being beaten, being all kinds of horrible things, tortured even, body parts pulled apart and things like that, like Terrence said about this Nero. And so a lot of people have suffered. But one thing that we can say about the pain that we're in when we're in pain, and even just being targeted in ways that maybe it's not painful, but maybe it's just mentally anguish, continue to say, my suffering is fellowship with my Lord. I, this suffering is fellowship with my Lord. This suffering is my part of the cross. This suffering is my part of Jesus' journey. My Christ suffered, I'm suffering. My suffering puts me in fellowship with Christ, even unto death, even. So we continue to just applaud those, and we know that when they enter that heavenly stadium at the end of their journey, it's just like when those people come home from war in World War II, how they had the ticker tape parade and everybody was on the streets cheering. This is what it looks like, I believe. When people enter that, those heavenly gates and they're cheering, and you, they're going to see generations of people of their family members. I mean, Sister Straub is going to see her great-grandmother, all kinds of different people that she's yes. never, and she'll know that that's her grandmother. For some way, you'll know. In the spirit, you'll know. Those people up in the stadium, when you're down there watching, they are cheering, just like that scripture says, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Mm -hmm. She's hearing that heavenly cheer, those heavenly cheers. She's hearing those people cheer for her and saying, my, there's my little great, 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 great granddaughter. There's my, you know, niece. There's my person that, you know, she has other relatives that already preceded her in, in, in death. And so we know that she is, is in, in glory right now. Amen. The one thing I would say this right now, the last thing I would say is this. 
We do not have to live as we do not have hope. Titus 2.13 says that we have a blessed hope. And the one thing I want you to understand and take away from this is that Jesus is the cup. He is soon to return. It is very close to his returning. The Bible, a lot of people say he's in the last days. We have passed the last days to the last hours, to the last minutes, to the last seconds. It's almost as if like when the new year comes down, we do a countdown to go into 20. We did our countdown when we had that little concert. And just think about that. Think about that. Just think about that for a moment. A lot of people here are living, ignoring God. Like, oh, you know, just, just enjoy your life right here. But in Second Corinthians, no, Second Corinthians chapter five and eight says, and number Second Corinthians chapter five and nine says that we all must appear before the judgment seat. So when we get there, Jesus is gonna say, "These are the ones that were serving me, and the ones on my right, they were the ones seeking me." Paul says, "Your moment of affliction is almost like a moment. It's, it's, it's just for a season. What you're going through. Think about this." You can only live according to Genesis when God limited our lifespan to 120 years after the flood of Noah, when that generation died out. You're only enduring hardship for the cross, not for foolishness, for not ignorance, for something you caused to bring on. I'm talking about for righteousness. You're enduring something that can't go no past in 120 years. Do the math. When you get into heaven, your happiness is endless. Look at this. A hundred years compared to eternity. That is no comparison. That means Paul said it's a moment of affliction because he's doing the math saying that I'm enduring this right now, but my joy is complete in Christ forever. That means I'm fulfilled forever. That when I leave this body, I have no more pain, no more sorrow, no more tears. I will taste I will endure the hardship now in the moment of affliction, and I will deal with Christ because I'm complete and married and bought into Christ, that I'm going to live forever. And the Bible says, oh, death, where's your victory? Oh, where's your grave? Where's your, where's your victory, oh, grave? And death, where's your victory? That's the last enemy the Bible said we have is death to defeat. And the, but let me tell you something. Here's the one thing. King Solomon said our life is almost like a vapor. It's like a moment. That quick. It's how fast it goes by. But here's the thing about it. Jesus said, if you be faithful unto death, Jesus said, if you be faithful unto death, Jesus said, if you be faithful unto death, I'll give you a crown of righteousness. Amen. Amen. So you got a blessed hope. We don't, the people that you, that's why the, the, that's why the Bible said, don't weep for those who are leaving. Weep for yourselves. That's what Jesus was telling them on the road when they were taking them on the cross. He said, don't weep for me. I'm out of the race. Because when, when I get on that cross, I ain't got no more sorrows when I give up the ghost. And three days later, I'm going to rise up with all power in my hand. I'm resurrected. By the, I'm raised up by Almighty God in heaven and places. But you are still here going to be enduring this. So what you are going to really sit at the funeral, don't weep for the ones that died in Christ. Weep for yourself. They're, they're, they done finished their race. They're no longer feeling no pain, no suffering, no sorrows. They don't have to worry about being targeted. They don't have to worry about being spotted. Anything. All this, all that stuff is behind them. It's behind them. So now where they are, they're in the presence of God in paradise. We're here still carrying the blood stained banner. 
Amen. We are on the battlefield. They're home with the Lord. So there's no more pain. And, 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 and Jesus said in, in Revelation, I will wipe away every tear from your eye. Because then the lion will lay down with the lamb, and they'll study war no more. Amen. See, Jesus said this is coming to pass. Even though it, it hasn't come to full fruition, it is coming to pass, church. But he said, I'll say it again, be faithful unto death, and I'm going to give you a crown of righteousness. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you very much, and we'll turn it back over to the moderator. Thank you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Minister Pam and Pastor Terrence, it's always a pleasure to have you here with us. Thank you so much for your profound message today of going home at the end of our lives to be with our Heavenly Father. Let us all embrace the words that our suffering puts us in fellowship with Christ. To celebrate that message, let us listen to a praise and worship song now. It will be followed by the invitation to discipleship, which Sister Helena will offer today. I looked into the heavens, and the angels were saying, Holy, 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 holy.
isn't it good to know that when we're going through our earthly um, grieving that we can know and have the assurance again in heaven singing with the choir of angels before her king. We'd like to just take this time right now to say that we hope that you've been blessed with our service so far this evening. I'd like to take this time to reach out to our callers that may be listening in, but as of yet haven't made Jesus Christ your Savior and the Lord of your life. Perhaps you won't serve him, and maybe you've drifted away from him. would like to rededicate your heart to him. Well, you need to know that you're in the right place and at the right time. Please, please don't allow fear or shame to stop you because Jesus is in the healing business and he's not as concerned about where you've been as he is where you're going from this day forward. Ready there with arms open wide, ready to receive you. I'd like to help you to do that right now by asking you to follow my lead and taking a few simple steps. You can repeat after me in a whisper if you'd like. In your mind, it doesn't matter to him because he hears your thoughts just as well as he does your words. So let us begin. You need to remember that And he is in the healing business for those of us and those of you who are lonely, maybe brokenhearted, or at the end of your rope. I'd like to lead you through a few steps, get you through that point. You will need to admit that you can't save yourself from sin. You must be willing to repent from your sin to turn away from it. Believe that Jesus Christ died for you and that he rose again. I Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Now if you'll repeat after me this prayer of salvation just say dear God I know I can't save myself from sin. I know I'm not where I want to be. Your forgiveness. Believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Wash me clean today from all my sin, shame, and guilt. Come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask this of you in your precious name of Jesus. Amen. We just like to ask you to unite with Refuge from the Stone Church and or a Bible believe church in your local community. We begin by reading the Bible. And our suggestion to you would be to start with the book of either Ephesians or the book of John. We'd like to know your decision and we'd um, invite you to email us at this email address, 
That would be admin, A-D-M-I-N, at refugefromthestormchurch.org. I invite you to become a member, or if you need prayer, suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Thank you, Sister Helena, for that invitation to discipleship. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song as we prepare our hearts to hear and participate in the memorial tribute for our beloved Sister Kim Straub. Uh, Ella Free will offer, after the song has stopped, Ella Free from Freedom for Targeted Individuals will offer a reflection on the life of our sister Kim Straub. Thank you. 
could only Is this Ella? Oh, this is Dina. Dina? From Missouri? Dina, is Ella there? Ella? I do not know. I do not know if she's here. Is this, uh, is that Melissa speaking right now? No, this is Carolyn. Who's this? This is Dina Carolyn, from Missouri. I, I am here. I am here. Uh, okay. I, I want to say, I want to say that Ella Free uh, notified me this afternoon that she was not going to be available. Something had come up, and so I want to speak in her place. Actually, I want to speak as the pastor of Refuge from the Storm Church in remembrance of Sister Kim Straub. When Kim came to join us at Refuge from the Storm Church, she came in as a member. She came in. Um, as a person who was willing to take on responsibility, she shared in our prayer uh, meetings. She led our prayer meetings. She shared in our Bible study. Uh, Kim shared in every aspect of the church, including the giving, and was never one who would turn any request down. Kim also was one who was very, very active in the TI community as well. Uh, I learned by reading about it that Ella was, uh, was, was very appreciative of Kim taking on a volunteer position with her organization. And so that just tells me how, how willing Kim was to help in the TI community. By profession, Kim was a helper. She worked as a nurse. And so our appreciation for the person that God sent to us in Kim Straub shall never go unnoticed. I won't prolong the time because Pastor Terrence and Minister Pamela have done a wonderful job in sharing with us in this memorial time. But I do want to share a, a poem that seems to be very befitting, and it does indeed speak to how we feel as a church. After that, uh, Minister Barbara Hyseni will come and say a prayer of remembrance of Sister Kim Straw. The poem is entitled, Until We Meet Again. And it reads, those special memories of you will always bring a, a smile. If only we could have you back just for a little while. Then we could sit and talk again, just like we used to do. You always meant so very much and always will do, too. The fact that you're no longer here will always cause us pain. But you're forever in our hearts, Kim, until we meet again. Amen. Minister Barbara.
Yes, could everybody hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Um, much of what I prepared is just repetition, which also tells me it's confirmation from the Lord. So uh, what a beautiful service. And um, I would just like to thank the Lord for this opportunity and Pastor Millicent to remember our friend, our sister in Christ, Kim Straub. We do miss you and will continue to miss you, Kim. I think we can all say we are sorry we didn't know the depth of your intolerable pain. I just hope I can get through this. Um, Kim, what I do remember about you is your love for God and your deep desire to grow even closer to our Lord. I remember you teaching us God's word on Pastor Millicent's calls on Wednesday's Bible study. I heard you often speak on the TI call, and you so desperately wanted this evil closed and stopped. I saw you, Kim, as a soldier in the army of God. And you took every opportunity to expose this for two others. I remember you telling me about the time you stood in front of the police station. Excuse me. Handing out flyers about this torture. You were so brave, Kim. You are now with our Heavenly Father, which is our ultimate goal. He has wiped away your every fear. And this horrible thing you were forced to endure. There is no need to decide is this reality or not. No more attacks from the wicked. You are home safe, enjoying the love of our Heavenly Father, who loves and understands each one of his precious children. Our precious Lord has wiped away every fear. You have said, the morning and crying and pain will be no more. All that you were forced to endure, Kim, our precious Lord and Savior has erased, even from your memory. You know that even in the most desperate of situations and most disastrous of events, you are there, Lord, unseen and often unheard, but present and active in each of our broken and hurting lives is consoling, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be compassionate, to hold each other gently. Help us to reach out to others who are suffering, to show them love, to say a kind word. God, our strength and our redeemer, you do not, you do not leave us. In this life, nor do you abandon us in death. For you have promised you will never leave us or desert us or abandon us or forsake us. Hear our prayers for those in despair, Lord, even now on this call, and all in our community of those who are human trafficked, who are in despair and void of hope, and those whose days are full of darkness and the future seems empty of all hope. Renew in each one of us, Lord, your sustaining strength 
to run this race set before us. We believe that nothing in all creation can separate us from your love, the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, merciful God, hear the cries of our grief over the loss of sin and so many others. For you know the anguish of our heart. Sometimes it feels more than we can bear what we're having to endure. Lord, and Lord, may I add that we are angry at times. This is a righteous anger, Lord. Please, Lord, just like the Israelites cried out to you for you to deliver them from the abuses and the torture they were forced to endure, so we cry out in unison, Lord, out to you to deliver us. We, your children, cry out to you for deliverance. Let us not hear of one more death attributed to this evil, this human trafficking. We're tired, Lord, and we're weary while we're trusting you, Lord. We're trusting you. And I want to end this by saying Philippians 3.10. And then I think, Pastor, a lot of what I just said I heard was repetition what Pastor Millicent said, what the two pastors said before, but repetition is confirmation. And so Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, becoming like him in his death. And then this is the final uh, Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced, convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, 38-39. Thank you, and God bless everyone. Thank you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, Minister Barb, for that very special prayer honoring our beloved sister, Kim. Now let us listen to a praise and worship song in closing. It will be followed by Reverend Millicent, who will offer the final remarks and benediction for today. Thank you. 
Amen. We're standing by for Pastor Nelson. Can you not hear me? Yes, now. Ah. 
Okay, well, I've, I've been speaking, so I'll repeat what I said previously, and that, that is that I want to thank each of you for joining us as we have sought to memorialize the life and legacy of Sister Kim Straub. We've also hoped to provide to you words of encouragement that there is still hope in serving a living and a live God. We hope that you are able to add us to your schedule for next week. We start our week on Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for early morning prayer. And we meet on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday each week. Next Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Time is our Bible study. And we'll be back here next Saturday for our regular church service. Again, we thank you for your presence with us. We are so grateful to Pastor and Minister Wilson for their uh, stirring and words of remembrance of Sister Kim as well as the message that they brought to us today. As we end our service this afternoon, I want to remind you that once the benediction has been prayed, we give, um, we, we will stop the recording and then we will offer time for you to make prayer requests if there be any. We pray again that you would have a blessed week, that the God that we all serve will provide for you that is needed and necessary for us to continue in this fight. I want to encourage you that we are not in this fight alone because of the God we serve. I was listening, I do want to share this, I was listening to a, a, a sermon this afternoon and what was said was that we often feel that it's wrong to be upset with God or to feel that there are that we are hopeless or, or sometimes wrong to feel anguish about the loss of our loved ones. But we were assured in that message that God understands where we are. He understands what we're going through and he doesn't get upset about our emotions when they are going wild. I ask that each of you would continue to keep Sister Straub's family in your prayer, they have much yet to um, get through as they grieve the sudden loss of their loved one. And now for the priestly blessing that comes from Numbers chapter 6. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his son, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless the Lord. God bless each of you as you go into your evening. Once the recording has stopped, if any of you desire a special prayer or individual prayer, we will be happy to pray with you at that time. Step into the world of power, loyalty, 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.